0: hello this is Jim McGinnis and this is stories we can tell tonight's episode is all about tending to the past We call it the value of history hope you like it with apologies to Aldous Huxley you all remember said the controller in his strong deep voice you all remember, I suppose, that beautiful and inspired saying, History is bunk. History, he repeated slowly, is bunk. He waved his hand, and it was as though with an invisible feather whisk he had brushed away a little dust, and that dust was Thomas Paine, Roger Williams, and Walt Whitman. Some spider webs, and they were Fort McHenry, and Walden, and Birmingham. Whisk, whisk. And where was Henry Clay? Where was Frederick Douglass? Where were Sam Houston, Alice Paul, and Daniel Webster? Whisk and those specks of antique dirt called Saratoga, Normandy, and Gettysburg. All were gone. Whisk, the place where Jamestown had been, was empty. Whisk the cathedrals. Whisk, whisk Lincoln and the thoughts of Jefferson. Whisk Passion. Whisk Requiem. Whisk Symphony. Whisk that's why you're taught no history," the controller was saying. Again, apologies to Huxley. Why study history? I don't think we ask that question enough. And if we do ask it, we sure as hell don't try hard enough to answer it. It should be asked every day. But for many, It begins and ends with that patented social science response. We must learn from past mistakes. How's that grab you? certainly valid, but it falls short. It's too simple. No story is a straight line, Pat Conroy said. The geometry of a human life is too imperfect and complex. Surely the value of history and the reasons for knowing it are as varied and as complicated as human nature itself. And if the only legitimate reason to study the past is that age-old application of cause and effect, I think we're in trouble. In our quest to find meanings of the past, we just might overwhelm ourselves with all the theories on the broad historical significance of events. Serendipity has its place. History is filled with ironic twists and unintended outcomes. So then, the story of this great experiment with freedom can't simply be told from the top down. To be understood, to be appreciated, to be of value, the story must be told from every conceivable angle. To be sure, we do need to learn from our mistakes and to use our experiences as guides for future decision-making. It's important that the French know which way the Germans are coming. America itself, is taking that ominous path into afghanistan following the persians the british and the russians we know how those stories ended but the value of history manifests itself in many other ways just as the individual is constituted by his or her past so is the community and the nation not only do we need to learn political and economic lessons we also need to build connections to each other and within ourselves. We need history to give us a sense of place. It gives us examples of character and virtues that help us lead our lives. The past struggles of men and women can show us how to live and how not to live for that matter. History teaches us about people who've lived responsible, joyful, courageous, and interesting lives. Of course, there are plenty of scoundrels and buffoons and cheaters to talk about also. But in the unique case of America, a nation built upon the idea, the idea of individual freedom and equality, we must be drawn to the stories of men and women who expressed, defended, or furthered the idea. For it defines us as individuals and connects us to our civilization. It's the pioneer finding his way through the wilderness. The musician finding his own sound. The woman sitting down when the world kept telling her to get up. Men and women are terribly flawed. But they have achieved extraordinary things in history. In understanding their stories, we can better understand ourselves and realize that each of us may well be capable of good and great achievements. We need to remember for the sake of remembering. Reading or hearing about someone with memory loss makes me shudder. Uh, A great fear I share with millions of aging Americans is the prospect of my body outliving my mind. Hmm, I think it's a dead heat. But it's terrifying. Memory loss leaves a person floating without any connection to anyone or anything. He lives on with a blank slate. No successes or failures, no relationships, no birthdays or Christmases. Nothing. Christopher Hitchens spoke of this. He was troubled by phrases such as, make a new start or born again. To those who talk this way, truly wish the slate to be wiped. Hitchens went on to say that when we lose someone that is close to us, part of the grief lies in the loss of a person who knew us, Losing a loved one takes some of you with him. He knew your humor, your moods, your strengths and weaknesses, your fidelities and flaws. He's gone, and he took part of you. So when we forget, when we lose a part of our past, we lose a part of ourselves. Something dies. And so it is with nations. In our society today, we find the disturbing symptom of collective amnesia. You know, the political pressure to show empirical gains in learning has contributed to educators relegating history to the outer edges. The cost of marginalizing American history in our curriculum has played a part in this estrangement of history from our culture. This is no small event. Once we are separated from the ideas of the revolution, the core begins to erode and we are cut off from who we are. Remembering is no easy road to travel. The price we pay is nearly as high as the cost of forgetting. I was reading about an ethnic cleansing that took place in the Balkans during the 1990s. Soldiers interviewed talked of visiting vengeance upon the grandchildren of those who wronged their grandparents. And I couldn't help but wonder, could that possibly happen in America? I kind of doubt it. You know, that's not to say we're in any way morally superior, it's just we can't remember what we did last Thursday, let alone pass down a grudge through generations. There's nothing, <clears throat> well there, there is something refreshing about that in some way, but it's also very disturbing, very discomforting. What else are we forgetting? Some say history is dead, hush now children don't you fret, Robert Nestor Marley said we can't forget for the sake of some bright future. Island songs give spirits lift and yet we wonder why we drift. The rhythm moves us on this day, but rhyme and reason seem so far away. History is at the core of an individual's identity. It is the glue of a friendship, a community, and ultimately a nation. Regardless of whether we're speaking of an ethnic community, a religious community, or even a national community, the group is constituted by its past. Think about it. Bonds of friendship are measured by sayings such as, we go way back. Relationships and careers are marked by anniversaries and landmarks. With apologies to my priest, when I fall to my knees, I'm praying as my father did, and as my father's father and his father. In uh, Habits of the Heart, Robert Bellow once described the sense of connectedness as a community of memory. Right here we find a valuable reason to learn history. Whether we're talking of your family, of your nation, and learning your story, you can discover the marrow of a community. Its hopes, its fears, values are found in the lives of its people. In retelling its story, a group offers examples of the men and women who have exemplified the meaning of community. Such stories contain conceptions of character and the definitive virtues that make up that character. The connections we can make also tie us to place. Creating a sense of belonging to a part of the natural world can give us an identity as a native Floridian, where it seems that everyone is from somewhere else. I've often witnessed among my neighbors a lack of sense of place, but in Wallace Stegner's explanation of place, we discover another role for history. The knowledge of place grows out of working, investing, sacrificing, and of course, telling the stories of those experiences whether they be times of prosperity or catastrophe. Each individual must sweat and bleed for himself. But the stories now, they can draw him to something deeper. In Stagner, we're reminded of how deeply personal our history can be. World War II takes on a whole new meaning when one discovers her great-grandfather fought in it. The Great Depression becomes much more powerful when she finds out her grandparents lived through it voting becomes much more important when she learns of the terrible price paid by her family members still education systems seem more focused on producing reliable employees than responsible citizens in a democratic society history has a great functional value to its citizens just as Martin Luther suggested to the church that it reach back to its roots, hmm, America would do well to reconnect with its founding. I believe that starts with how we teach American history. We need we need to teach more of it, especially the beginnings. The words of Jefferson and Paine are as new and fresh as the morning. You know, I remember Near the end of one of my favorite movies, Field of Dreams, James Earl Jones gives a stirring soliloquy. He describes America as the place that steamrolls over its past again and again. But the secret to finding the meaning and purpose of this republic can't be found in reinventing America, but in rediscovering it. The strength and beauty of a good education lies in the depth and breadth but I'll tell you because America is such a unique place in civilization American history should be should hold a unique place in our education citizens have a responsibility to understand the American story furthermore we have an obligation to pass that story on So, in essence, teaching and learning American history is tied to duty. And if we don't teach it in its entirety, we're shirking our duty. There, I said it. (laughs) In talking about America, there is a noble impulse to try to say something new, something profound. But, you know, once you get past the founders and Lincoln, maybe Emerson Thoreau, John Muir, I think you got you got a pretty good grip. There isn't a whole lot left to say that hadn't been said before. The problem is we keep trying. Experiences can be unique and profound, but the idea is one and the same. We burn a hell of a lot of time and energy attempting to explain America with a fresh new perspective the textbooks are filled with human interest stories of success and triumphs over injustice and hardship. And that's all well and good. I'm okay with that. But the lack of fundamental connections to American values and principles, that's where I got a problem. The best explanations are right here in plain sight already. Unfortunately, we sacrifice precious time that should have been spent Learning about the bedrock principles established by Madison and Adams and Hamilton and their contemporaries. The young mind is naturally resistant to looking backwards, but it's okay. It's all right. Learning American history can be painstaking, but let's not water it down or thicken it up just to make it easier. Old JFK reminded us that Americans do things not because they are easy but because they're hard. The founding the founders spoke in present tense. You've heard me say that before. They knew their own shortcomings, but they embraced a the notion of the expansive nature of liberty and equality. And if we don't establish that concept by teaching the beginnings, how can we hope to instill in students a perception of expanding freedom? and justice. We need to make relevant the vision, to make sense of the idea in the modern world, but we have to teach it before we can do that. Abraham Lincoln spent much of his time reminding his audience of what they already knew. Jefferson's words. Many of his audiences had no formal education, but they knew things. He built upon their foundation of knowledge. But if we don't establish among students a knowledge and understanding of our founding principles, how can we build upon them? How can a student fully appreciate the power of Martin Luther King and his message if he does not know the connection between King and Lincoln and Jefferson? Unfortunately we often take shortcuts and speak of wisdom severed from its original context. In our haste, we love to raid the coffers, to pick up and choose, pick and choose the words of the founders to suit our designs. The danger is that we gradually cut ourselves off from the founding principles, and the truth loses its real meaning. America may well be more than the collective wisdom of the founders, but that is to say that the house is more than the foundation. Sure, it's more. But it certainly isn't less. It sure as hell isn't less. Learning about the character of George Washington is just as valuable today as it was 175 years ago. It's difficult to decide what to leave in and what to leave out of a high school history course because of time constraints. We can argue over many items. Again, I don't want to leave anything out, but there can be no debate whether we should teach Jefferson and Lincoln. And as I said before, our history is riddled with flawed individuals, people like you and me. As Clay Travis said, struggling to be better than they are. The stories offer us hope and move us toward the better angels of our nature. These are contentious political times and our inability or unwillingness to sit down and find middle ground is proof that we're disconnected from the principles we profess to love. Surely, I have my own political views, and some of my closest friends passionately disagree with me on many issues. We get along, but I know many people who will go to great lengths to steer clear of any political conversations. My opinions change, and they should. The American democratic tradition is rooted not only in the expression of one's views, but also in listening to others. For me, a seven-word sentence captures the spirit of liberty. I never thought of it that way. Again, I never thought of it that way. Opinions should change. Principles should not. That said, before anything else, we have a responsibility to first understand these principles the whole and genuine nature of them. Again, I say to rely on politicians and pundits, to school us on the founders' values, ideas, and motives is to shirk the duty of citizenship. And a teacher has to stay true to those principles. American history is the story of this ongoing experiment within individual freedom. How can anything be more important? Any lesson in science, in math, in English, must be rooted in what Emerson called the sacredness of the individual mind. Give students information and let them make them think for themselves. No lesson goes anywhere without it. That is the American idea. What are the two possible results of having a political debate? It will either bolster your views or heaven help you. It may influence you to change your opinion. But it should not be risky to relationships to discuss, debate, and argue politics. Hell, the seeds of the revolution were sown in a Boston tavern. The very essence of democracy requires the free exchange of ideas, not merely between our leaders, but also among citizens. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis, wishing you fair winds. With apologies to Aldous Huxley, you all remember, said the controller in his strong, deep voice, you all remember, I suppose, that beautiful and inspired saying, history is bunk. History, he repeated slowly, is bunk. He waved his hand, and it was as though with an invisible feather whisk he had brushed away a little dust, and that dust was Thomas Paine, Roger Williams, and Walt Whitman. Some spider webs, and they were Fort McHenry and Walden and Birmingham. Whisk, whisk. And where was Henry Clay? Where was Frederick Douglass? Where were Sam Houston, Alice Paul, and Daniel Webster? Whisk and those specks of antique dirt called Saratoga, Normandy, and Gettysburg, all were gone. Whisk, the place where Jamestown had been, was empty. Whisk, the cathedrals. Whisk, whisk Lincoln and the thoughts of Jefferson. Whisk, passion. Whisk, requiem. Whisk, symphony. Whisk. That's why you're taught no history, the controller was saying. Again, apologies to Huxley.